Oh, hey guys, welcome back to yet another episode in this podcast, Bridging Faith and Business. This is your girl, De La Sabio. I'm your hostess. And guess what? You guessed right. It is an honor to be back with you yet another week. So listen, y'all, this week, podcast guest is Josh Miles. Many of you know because we had a live podcast interview on Facebook last week on my Facebook page, which was amazing. We had such an amazing time. I mean, we, I was munching on my popcorn. He was munching on his chips and Gatorade and we just kicked it together with the audience and we had a phenomenal time. However, um, the podcast was really long. I think it was about two hours in total. So what I did is I condensed this audio as much as I could. Now, listen, we are talking about obedience. Josh Miles is a humble servant of the Lord and his video went viral on YouTube and all over the internet about his experience on heaven and hell. And so the Lord spoke to me and said that he's going to come on a podcast and talk to you guys about obedience. So he is born in Queens, Queens, New York, y'all. He currently resides in Alabama. He makes music through singing and rapping. He's also a sound engineer. He is um, he has a recording studio. He also does photography from time to time. And above all, he lives a surrendered life to Jesus Christ. So in this podcast episode, we are going to dive into his testimony and we are going to talk obedience. And I need you to do me a favor to share this podcast episode and any episode that you have been blessed with, with any of your friends and family, leave a review and let me know how this has been transforming your lives. So without further ado, let's go straight into the meat of this podcast. Um, I'm Josh Miles from New York, Queens. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I moved down here to Alabama. Uh, I got a fresh knowing in Alabama. Um, I do a lot of like photography. I do a lot of music, hearing things like that. Um, I'm more entrepreneur. I mean, I work, but I do a lot of my own stuff. I kind of have a job that just fills in the cracks, just for consistency. But I do mostly my own thing. That's just how. God made me. It's crazy. But, uh, yeah, I do a lot of that, fictional cause. Just a lot of different stuff. Um, you know, I was blessed with a lot of different gifts. So I just use them all uh-huh. as I can to uh, provide finance also. You know, it says, Bible says, you know, gift makes room for you. So that's just what I do. Uh, I do miss home. I miss New York a lot. Uh, I go back sometimes, but. You don't want to come right now. Nah, no, nah. My family's tripping right now. They're like, yo, stay <laughs> Cause I was supposed to come up that soon. They was like, nah, gee, stay down there. Like it's rough up here right now. But um, it's peaceful down here. You know, the South is is different. And where are you located? Uh Prattville. Prattville, Alabama. I go to church in Montgomery, but I'm located in Prattville. Um So you in the South South. Yeah, I'm in this well, it's honestly it's like it's in the middle of Alabama. You know, it's not like down by Mobile. It's it's kinda in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's peaceful, man. It's quiet. I will say that, you know, like it's it's a big switch up when you come, but we get down here. It's so peaceful, like the spirit is so it's different here. You know, like the the aura of the whole state is a lot different. Um, there's a lot of history that happened here, so God's got a whole different hand on Alabama. Like a lot of stuff that happens even right now with the coronavirus, uh, it doesn't affect Alabama as much as other states. You know, it's, it's crazy. Right, works. Um, but yeah, you know, I'm. 
I just, I'm a normal dude, you know. Um, I just walk as straight as I can. I learn from my mistakes. I keep it pushing, you know what I'm saying? I keep God in the forefront. Um, you know, most people don't realize that, you know, uh, God will take a lot of things away. We'll get into that later. I ain't, I ain't gonna yes, recently on YouTube, well, how I learned about Josh, y'all. I learned about Josh through a YouTube video, and the YouTube video was entitled, A 25-Year-Old Shared His Experience of Heaven and Hell. So on it, it was, I, I believe the video was like an hour, and you were on there with your dad, shout out to your dad, and your pastor, where you guys were talking about your experience. So talk to us about that experience. I don't want to get too much into it for me, because only you can tell it best because it was your experience. You can share as much as you want, as little as you want. And guys, if you have questions, Josh agreed to um, take some questions at the end of the video. So hold your questions um, for the end. So yeah, Josh, tell us about the experience experience the heaven hell experience well it kind of started when i had the flu actually like i don't want to scare nobody with the coronavirus ain't nothing like that you know, this is god ordained so nobody gets scared you know what i'm saying but uh um, and and when did when did this happen it was uh, i think january that's very important january 3rd okay uh, so the beginning of this year okay and uh i had the flu and so i've been type of dude my whole life like i don't I get that from my dad, you know, we don't really go to the doctor for real. We kind of just, you know, push through, you know, blah, 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 it is what it is. But this particular case, you know, uh, it was more serious than we thought. And that flu turned into uh, a 106 fever. And so when you get a 105 fever, your body enters what you call euphoria. So you start to like see things because your brain is literally overheating. So you start to see things, you start to feel things that aren't there and things like that different things and toxins are releasing your blood it goes to your heart you get heart palpit palpitations things like that so that 106 fever i had that for like 24 hours or something like that and then it went down to 102 and then so we i go to my dad's house and he's like yo man you need to go to the doctor man for real and i was like no nah, i'm straight you know um so long story short, in that particular instance, uh, that turned to like it went down to like a 102, but I was still at 102 for about 48 hours. So we finally went to the doctor, man. And on the way, um, my old lady had called, checking on me and stuff like that. And when I heard a voice, I don't know what happened. I don't, you know, the devil works crazy ways. When I heard a voice, though, like I tripped, like I switched his hit, you know, and. After that, I'm explaining to my I'm explaining from my dad's perspective on this one because I was out for I was out for the count, you know. But uh, <laughs> you know, I had I started have a lot of demonic activity going on, like a lot of things taking up my mind. You know, he said I was in torment, I was screaming, kicking, you know, screaming, I'll kill you, all kind of crazy stuff, man. And uh when it got to that point, I was going crazy, going ballistic, and then all of a sudden I passed out. I was out. You know, I died actually, but um, I was wow. out for the count, and uh, my dad just started praying over me stuff. But when that happened, my soul had left my body, and it's crazy because I had an aerial view of everything, but at the same time, I could see my dad's truck. And although I was out for the count, after the fact, I was able to tell my dad like what road he took, how he switched lanes, and all that, because I could see everything for that moment when my soul left my body. And all of a sudden, boom, I go straight down. I'm in hell. 
And, you know, for me, I've always been a dude that walked out, you know, Christ in my life. I'm still young. I still live. You know, I tell people that, like, I'm not no perfect dude. You know, I'm not St. Paul walking around, you know. So, but I always kept God in the forefront because my dad's been passing my whole, most of my whole life. And so that's how he taught us, how he brought us up. And whenever that happened, I went straight to hell. I never read a lot of this stuff that I saw. So, you know, it kind of tripped me out a bit. But as soon as I get to hell, man, like, people don't understand how real it is. Like, it's real. Like, it's hot. You know, people don't understand it's not fire and flames like a lot of these movies and books portray. And that's what that's what tripped me out is that a lot of stuff I saw was in the Bible, but I didn't know it was in the Bible. But it wasn't what I was used to seeing. So I thought at first all this was just inaccurate until I had to talk to people, talk to my past and get some clarification. But uh, it's very hot, man. It's not it's, it's not fire or nothing like that. It's just hot. It's like molten rock. You know, if you had to stick a, if you have to stick a pin in a location, it'd be like the center of the earth because there's a whole bunch of molten rock around you. Mm. And it's torment, you know, like it's real torment. Like you're losing your mind because you're thinking of all like your pains, all your hurts. Uh, you even can see the devil's smart. See, the thing about hell and heaven is they're both supernatural, just one's evil and one's not. But they're both supernatural because they're in the spiritual realm and people forget that, you know. So it's crazy because the devil can show you even things that you didn't go through that you could have went through if God didn't save you from it. And it hurts even more because when you're in hell, now you're thinking about how good God really was while you was here because you see the things that you could have went through. He didn't allow. And it hurts mm. even more. You know, like you, you hungry, you thirsty, you can barely breathe like you can breathe just enough to stay alive, but not enough to have any sense of comfort whatsoever. You know, um. And it's supernatural because, like, you talking about standing on molten rock. Now, a lot of molten, not a, a lot of rocks melted like three to four thousand degrees. So you standing on three, four thousand degrees, but your feet ain't melted. Your skin is fine. That's the supernatural part about it. So you feel the torment wow. and that kind of pain, but you know you're not. Your skin isn't even, um, you know, it's not fried or anything like that. So you're not bleeding out or anything like that. So you just feel the heat. You feel that much pain. So you take just the pain barrier itself for eternity. And then you add the fact of you're thirsty, you're hungry, you can barely breathe, you're losing your mind, you think about everybody you lost in your life, you think about everybody you hurt, you think about the secrets you kept that people don't know you did, you think about the things that God saved you from, you know, you think about the fact you're going to be here for the rest of your life, ain't no getting back to him, you know, all that stuff. If you combine that, that's rough. I mean, you know, if a family member dies, you know, God forbid, I don't speak this on anybody, but if you had, if you lost a parent at that very moment, that pain is multiplied by thousands for the rest of your life for eternity. It never ends. Mm. You know, that's how that's how real hell really is. Uh and it's 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 a treacherous thing, man. It's the ultimate it's the ultimate tribulation because it's like I can't really explain how, how much torment it is. I'll explain to you how hot it was. It's so hot that the fact that like I had on a t-shirt, I had on a champion, it's over there, I had on a champion uh gray jacket and i had on sweatpants right it was kind of chilly outside it was so hot that that spiritual experience just the spiritual experience made my whole body sweat through all of my clothes so my sweatpants my shirt my jacket all that stuff was soaked the only thing that wasn't soaked was my hoodie and the strings on my hoodie that was it everything else was soaking wet my socks and everything that's how hot it is that a spiritual experience manifested so much heat that physically i sweated through all of my clothes that's how hot it is. So 
you know, but I want to clarify to everybody, you know, it's not fire. It's not flames everywhere. You know, that's not how these books, I mean, that's how I thought it was at first until I, you know, I went through this, but it's not. Um, and you could see everybody, man. You could, and it hurts more because you're seeing people that is getting the same torment that you can, but you're losing your mind so much that you can't even talk. You know, some people have a bad day or they get so mad. They're like, yo, I don't even want to talk right now. Mm-hmm. Don't talk to me. Right. Well, it's the same thing like that, but multiplied times thousand fold, you know, because you're losing wow. your mind so much and you so much pain, you can't talk. But at the same time, you can see everybody else's pain, you know, like a sad movie or seeing somebody hurt or seeing your best friend hurt. Ain't nothing compared to seeing somebody else in the ultimate torment that you're in because you feel sorry for them and for yourself. But neither one of you wow. is going to get out of it, you know. So mm-hmm. it's it's a, it's such a rough place, man. It's so rough. It's so dingy. It smells terrible. And the thirst you have in hell isn't just a thirst for water. It's a thirst for him, you know, because you like, you just, you begging him like the whole time, yo, just come get me. I'll, I'll change. I'll fix whatever. I'll, I'll serve you for the rest of my life. But mm-hmm. what hurts so bad is it's too late. You know, it's kind of like you, if you do something crazy, you go to jail, it's too late. It's the same thing in, in hell, but you there forever, like forever. Mm. You know, like prison ain't nothing compared to that, you know, so. It, there's a lot of pain and turmoil and, and hurt in hell that's unbelievable to explain. I tell anybody, man, you take your worst hurts you can ever think of. You take the worst fear you got, the worst hurt you have, the, the most terrible thing you could ever go through and take every experience that you can think of and multiply that times a thousand. And you're going through that for the rest of your life. You hurting that bad, you know, like, I don't know if anybody's ever gone through this, but like if you cry for too long, your head starts to hurt. Yeah. Like see that stuff like that is real in hell. See, hell is is very it's, it's spiritual because it's such a, a tormented place. It's also very physical. So you got to think about details like that. You know, you got a headache like crazy because you cry so much, you screaming at the top of your lungs, you're in torment. You feel me? So you gotta you gotta think about how much strain that's putting on your body for eternity. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, you're going to never damage anything because it's supernatural, you know? So, right. Um, so I want to park a little bit right there and backtrack. So here you are. First of all, we started with a flu, started with a flu. You wasn't feeling well. And naturally you're on the way to the hospital. Mm-hmm. Supernaturally you are in Hell. Yeah. And how how did you what was that moment when you recognized like wait I'm in hell because again like you've never been there right so how what was that what was that like that re- realization of here's where I am and where was the confirmation like I am in hell and I'm not anywhere in earth okay well one from a physical state um. I thought it was rough until I got there. And I'll explain how it ties together because in in all of that experience, you know, getting to the doctor and all that stuff, you know, I had both. I had all three. I had a stroke, a heart attack, and a seizure at the same time. Wow. A stroke, a heart attack, and a seizure. Yeah. So going through that sounds rough, but it's nothing like hell. And the reason why you know you're in hell is because it's so supernaturally terrible. There's nothing on earth that could possibly touch that. Um, wow. I was not, I'm not, I wasn't completely uh, ignorant to what hell's description was. You feel me? So when I went there, I realized, yo, this is where I'm at. But you know that there's no place you can even fathomly imagine 
like hell other than hell period i mean this you can go to the roughest borough you can find the hardest city you can go to and it, i mean none of it is it's a cakewalk compared to that so um when you get there there's there's no doubt that you're in hell because even in your mind when you get there your mind is a hellious mindset like as soon as you get to mm. hell you know it's just like heaven like when you get there you know hell when you get there you know you're in hell it's just like when you go home you know somebody can blindfold you all day long but as soon as they take the blindfold off you know you're in your house you could be in the bathroom and know it's your house you can be looking at the corner of the kitchen and know it's your house it's the same right. thing with hell because now when you make it to hell, that's your new home. So you know exactly what home is. And you know you're there forever. So it's it's more of a mindset thing of how you realize you're in hell because one of the description and two, because it's it's in your mindset that I'm in hell, you know, I, I'm I'm with Satan now for the rest of my life, you know. Mm, got it. So then you were um going into um speaking about your experience down there you were saying that it was it's worse than jail it's worse than anything that we can imagine here on earth was it did you have a moment that you um did you recognize anybody in hell no um and i'm not saying you can't mm-hmm. it's totally different than hell so if i had to take an educated guess i assume you could uh, for the simple fact of hell is literally the opposite of heaven in every single way possible. So being in hell, I'm sure you could. I wasn't next to anybody I recognized. But I'm assuming, yeah, I'm assuming if you're in hell, you can probably recognize everybody because whatever the devil can do to add to that pain and turmoil, he's going to do. And if you're in hell and you see a family member or your homie or your homegirl in hell with you, I'm sure that would hurt a lot more right. than just being with a whole bunch of strangers, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that in that particular experience, I didn't see anybody I recognized simply because I'm still alive, and God knew that before all this even happened. Uh, so you know, I'm not going to see anybody I recognize like that, or uh, see anybody in hell that has already passed away. As I was going to come out of, but in general, yeah, I can confidently say, and most definitely, you will recognize people in hell because it adds to that kind of pain. Okay. So you are in um in hell and we, we get the experience where you describe that it's it's something that it it's tormenting and um it's something that we can't even fathom with our own eyes, ears, imagination. It's something way beyond because it's a supernatural thing. Um now we got a little bit about hell. Now let's talk about heaven. So you went to hell first, right? Mm-hmm. And then after that, you went to heaven. Mm-hmm. So how was that? Well, I'll make the point of, if you're a parent watching this right now, never stop praying for your kids. Mm. For your grandparent. never stop praying for your grandchildren for the simple fact of, I'm not saying I was, I was damned to hell, but what I do know is my dad's prayers it's what brought me out of that. Brought me out of that to a heavenly experience uh, because, you know, I didn't notice because I was out. But when we talked about it afterwards, you know, the way the time and everything, how everything was set up, my dad, the way he prayed and cried out for God, when it got to that point, that's how it transitioned to heaven. So understand if you're a parent or a grandparent on here, 
don't think that you praying for your kids is not putting forth angels. Or don't think that paying for your grandkids is not protecting them or pulling them out of hell of your state in their mindset just because you see a certain result at that very moment because you don't see it come to pass at that very moment. Because when you go to build a house and you lay a brick, you think just because you stop laying, the, you know, people think they put one brick down that they don't see the house they want to build. That's not how it works. And prayer is that's it's a building tool. That's what prayer is. That is so good. Yeah, That's so a whole word, y'all. Yeah, so don't think that because you're laying brick by brick with each prayer that you're not building a, found, a Christian foundation for your kids or your grandkids or your brother or your sister, anybody like that. You kind of keep laying them bricks until the house is complete, until that foundation is You know what I'm saying? So the way my dad prayed and walked for God is what brought me out of that. And then I went from there straight to heaven. And let me explain this before I explain that. The fall to hell is really short. I'm talking about real short and it's really wide. You can fall there so easily. But the road to heaven is really narrow. It's long. Everything's in the blink of an eye, but you can feel this a long travel to get to heaven, and it's not wide. It's very narrow, unlike hell. Hell, you can fall in without even trying, and that's how this life is. You can fall in hell without even trying and don't know it. Don't think because you a deacon, you know what I'm saying? You're going to church every single Sunday. You're doing everything during the week. You're feeding homeless people, and you're living, and you're praying eight hours a day. Don't think that makes you guaranteed for heaven because it doesn't. That's why the hell, mm. that's why the road to hell is so big. That's why it's so wide because it's so easy to get there. You know, I gotta elaborate on that because people don't understand that, man. Don't think because you get dipped in some water, you're going to heaven. Bible says confess mm -hmm. that you believe in your heart. People forget to believe in your heart part. See, they want to mm. touch your mouth and be like, Yeah, I believe in Jesus. and think you're going straight so to heaven. But if you don't believe it in your heart, it's not happening. Mm. If you don't believe in your heart, you ain't filled with the Holy Ghost. It's not happening. Understand that you can't just say it. You ditch us water and think you straight. Water is symbolic. Right, that's a pagan thing. That, that's symbolic. That's something we came up with. We dip in water, you're going to come back out and wash free. That's cool, but that, that ain't in the Bible. That's not what it says. So understand that you got to believe in your heart with this thing. That's why it's so narrow to get to heaven because a lot of people ain't living it. A lot of people don't believe it in their heart. That don't mean you got to be perfect. That don't mean right. you got to pray 24 hours a day, never commit a sin. He died on the cross for a reason because he knows we're going to fall short. Bible says the most righteous man in the world is filthy rags to God. Filthy rags to God is a tampon. That's all it is. So understand mm. that you don't have to be perfect, but it's about where your heart is, where your priorities are. So the road to heaven is very narrow. And when I get there, man, it's the most, it's, this is a wild experience because it's supernatural in every single way. So if you think about having the worst day of your life ever, when I say the worst day of your life, God forbid, don't wish it on anybody. But the worst day you can ever have, everybody you love dies, you go broke, you know, your health starts to deteriorate, you feel like you're dying. Take all that happening at one time to you. That's about the worst pain I could think of to even remotely have a percentage of health. And mm. you take that to literally the very next second, you're completely fine and in a blissful state. It exaggerates to affect that much more of how amazing heaven really is. And I believe that's why I went through that. Because it's hard for us to have a, a bad moment. Somebody walk by, cusses out. Somebody, let's say, somebody come out and smack you in the face. Are you telling me you're gonna you're gonna be mad then, and then you're gonna be overly joyful the very next second? Literally, I don't see it happening. So that's how supernatural that whole experience really was. But when I get to heaven, man, all, it's the most satisfying feeling ever because you are completely satisfied and content with just standing in His presence without doing nothing. You know, you can take. 
your most biggest financial and business goals. You can take everything you want to accomplish. You can go to the Olympics, whatever your dream is, do music, become a singer, rapper, whatever it is. You can take every single thing you could ever think of to accomplish and do it all in one day. And it still will never come even close to literally standing there in front of God just waiting for him to say something. Wow. That's how satisfying it is. You can li- you, I'm, I'm literally standing there doing nothing. And it's the most satisfying feeling you can ever think of. Wow. And it's very bright. It's the most purest light. Uh, and the thing about the Bible, you know, it explains you can't look at them. I don't believe it's just because it's so bright. I think it's because you have that much humility. And you know God is that sovereign and that powerful that you really don't even want to look at them. Uh, you know, in a lot of countries, even we see that now, in a lot of countries, you know, they don't look certain kings or queens in the eyes and things like that. They bow their head. You know, the Chinese are big about that. They bow in reverence. Mm-hmm. When you get to heaven, God is the ultimate and the only God to ever exist, period. Don't let nobody fool you into anything otherwise in that statement right there. But, Hallelujah. you know, because he's so reverent and so sovereign and so holy and so righteous and so worth of our, our attention, you don't even have the desire to look at him. That's the thing. Uh, it's not mm. just about a, a, a light being so bright. You know, you, you can't look at a light bulb type thing. It's not that. It's just that he's so sovereign and so great that you don't want to look at him. You don't have the desire to, you know, because, you know, when I first got there, man, some of the things I observed, which, you know, I didn't know this stuff was true until after, mainly to my interview on YouTube, when he really confirmed, like, yo, this is in the Bible. He gave me the verses, blah, blah, blah. Wow. Um, that incoming call? Can you hear me? No. Okay, well, we're gonna give him time to come back. Some good stuff, yo. Just a few seconds. There we go. All right, yo, people calling, man. That's why I'm, I'm trying to, you know, that might happen here and there. Just brace yourself. You know, that happened. Don't go nowhere. Don't mean I left nowhere. You know what I'm saying? No, it's okay. You warned me before. It's all right. I got yeah. you. <laughs> You know, when I get to some things I observe, man, it, it's so bright. It's the most purest form of light you ever want to see. Uh, it, it really is. Uh, you know, we see stuff, you know, people, you know, a lot of books and movies have all these clouds and rays of, of light and all this stuff. Um, and that's what I thought it would be like my whole life, seeing everything that was portrayed. It's actually the exact opposite of that, uh, as far as how the light is portrayed anyway. There's no rays because rays are nothing more than obstruction. When you look at the sun and it shines down rays, it's shining rays because there's peaks of light going around clouds, the atmosphere, particles in the air, things like that. That's where a ray of light comes from. With God, there is nothing broken, missing, everything's perfect. So there's nothing in the way of his light because he is the light. So there are no rays of light. There are no clouds because all those things will be obstructions. Uh, It's just light. You know, if you take the purest form of the brightest light you can imagine and multiply that times about 100, that's what it would be like, but it's pure. I can't explain to you how pure it is. Like, it's not in, we, when we're here and we see light, we don't understand how much grain there is. If you take a picture on a phone or a professional DSLR camera, no matter what you take a picture on, if you zoom all the way in, even if you got the best lighting in the world, you will still see grain. And it's not because of the camera quality. 
is simply for the fact that that's what light is. Light here is nothing more than a lot of different molecules and particles put together to make up one light. And you can always be able to see that. We're so acclimated to that here on Earth that we don't realize that we're always seeing this grain. Just like your retinas in your eyes, the way they work. People be like, man, I wish they could make a camera that has as good a resolution as your eyes. People don't realize your eyes actually have terrible resolution. It's your brain that makes the picture. Your eyes actually see in dots, dashes, and RGB. So it sees red, greens, and blues. It sees dots and dashes, and it puts the picture together, and that's what you see out of your eyes. So when you're in heaven, you don't have any of that. You don't have to use the bathroom. You don't have to eat. You don't want to drink. You're not hot. You're not cold. You're not any of that. Everything is just perfect. And when you get there, I'll, 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 from my personal experience anyway, uh, all I saw was him on his throne. And it's crazy because it's completely transparent, but yet you can see it. The best way to explain it is imagine if you had a powerful wind that you can see. See, people think you can see wind, and it goes back to God. You can't see the wind. You see the effects of wind. That's part of faith. Faith is wind. Because you can't see the wind, but you can see the effects of it. It's just like mm -hmm. God. You can't see God here, but you can see effects of him all the way around. Right. So people have a problem having faith in God because they can't see him. But you can't see the wind either, but you can see the effects. So if you see a whole tree blow over, you'd be like, oh, it's windy outside. Well, how did you know that? Did you see the wind? No, you didn't. You just saw the effects of it. It's the same thing with God. You can't believe in wind and not believe in God. But as far as heaven goes, um, I saw him. I saw his throne. He was a clear entity. I will say was, he was huge. He was huge. You know, I, that's a cliche thing, but he really was. Um, mm. But it's not huge from him. It's huge from his presence. It's huge from the glow and the aura that he has. And his throne is... Diamonds are see-through, but like this is something totally different. I can't even explain the words I'm trying to use right now, but it is so clear, but yet you can see it. And it's supernatural because there's such a bright light, but there's no corners. There's no shadows. You know, a corner is nothing more than a shadow. That's all it is. You know, when something, when two things meet together, nothing in this world can be bonded so good that you can't see the corner of it. So when two things come together, all you're seeing is a whole bunch of pigments of mist and light going down that corner. That's what makes a corner is mist and light. See, in heaven, he got his throne, you got him, but yet you can't see a shadow. It's unexplainable. Wow. It's unexplainable. It's, it's, so, it's so bright, but yet you don't see a shadow. That's I can't even explain that. But wow. uh, you see him, you see his throne. You know, mm -hmm. uh, you see you see animals there and it, 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 it bugged me out because a lot of things on this earth portray the image that even I believe that, you know, a multiple set of eyes is demonic. You know, that's what the world portrays. We got more. Than oh, two. that's in the book of Revelations. Yeah. You know, it, they say it's demonic, but it's not because these animals have multiple sets of eyes. And I didn't know this is in the Bible. Kyle showed it to me. But these animals had eyes all the way around their body, and they were all white. Now, what's supernatural about that is any animal that has mo most of the time when an animal has white eyes is because they live most of the time in the darkness. You know, uh, the South Pole and Alaska are very popular for animals with white eyes. The reason why their eyes are white is because the white around their pupil actually reflects light and helps them see better at night. Um, studies even show that people with light-colored eyes actually see better than people with dark-colored eyes, uh, simply because it reflects more light. But anyway, um, so that's a supernatural thing because if there's such a bright light, 
in such a bright habitat for eternity? Why do they need white eyes? Because everything is pure. Right. You know, somebody tried to call me for a second and hung up. <laughs> um, everything's pure like him, you know? So, you know, but the thing is, if you think about this, it's if you're in your own house, right? And it's you or four other people that lived there your whole life. If somebody just walks in your door, you automatically gonna look. You automatically gonna be like, yo, who is this? Yeah. When I get to heaven, these animals, you know, you got it's like a lion right here, and he's got eyes all over him. Big dumb lion, right? All white, strong looking. You got another animal here that's got like wings, but it's not like it's not like a normal wing. It's like it's like a wing, it's like a wing on each side, but they're like three sets of wings at the same time. You got another animal in the back. And the thing is, all of them are there, but when I get there, none of them are looking at me. That's how focused on God they are. You telling me that they've been around his throne for eternity, and I pop up out of nowhere, and y'all didn't even waste your time even trying to look at me because you're so focused on God. They're not even worried about me. That's how confident they are in God. They, worry about nothing. they are on God. They're not even worried about me standing right there. You know, and then you can see four angels above. Uh, granted, the angels weren't the same pigment color as God was. They weren't as white, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, they were more of a topaz. It, it was more It was more color than he was. You could see them more physically. Than you, you know? uh, and, and everything in heaven is just reverence and obedience. That's all it is. You know, you don't want to do anything. You don't reverence. And obedience. Yeah, that's all it is. That's all it is, reverence and obedience. Because when you get there, you don't remember your family. You know, people have this thing that try to hold on to to make themselves feel good. I want to make that very clear. There is no family in heaven, and I'm explaining to you why. Number one, the family on earth really isn't the, the husband, the wife, and the kids. It's the husband and the wife. Number one, it's not your kids. Your kids aren't family. I understand their family here. But structurally and biblically, they're not family. Why? Because when they get older, they're going to have their own family. Husband and wife, once they have matrimony and bond themselves together, they're husband and wife until death do you part. When your kids get older, they have their own family. So they're not considered a family, biblically and structurally concerned. So when you get to heaven, there's no need for a family because God is already the head and the tail. He's everything. He's everything in one. So it doesn't need to be a man that has this side of the relationship and a woman has this side relationship and they come together to make one unit and evenly yoked. That's all good. When you get to heavy, you don't need that. See if a man and a woman here is nothing more than examples and completion. When you have the right man and a woman together, that is the completion of an evenly yoked unit. That's in perfection. So you have a man, which is authoritative. He has the mm -hmm. vision. He has structure, you know, he has discipline. He has all these things. That knows how to raise a family. You have a woman who's affectionate. She's nurturing. She's supportive. She's a praying wife. You know, she's evenly yoked. When you put all those things together, you have a logical, yet emotional, spiritually led, authoritative, nurturing unit. There's nothing better than that when you put all those things together. But see, when you get to heaven, God is all of those things because he created and he is all of those things. So there's no need for a family. There's no need for a husband and a wife because you're not producing. There's no need for husband and wife because everybody has an example of God right in front of them now. And there's no need for kids. So understand you're not going to recognize nobody. You know, that sounds sad, but it's really not because I'm going to tell you why it's not. 
everything in heaven, nothing missing, nothing broken, like everything's perfect. Mm. You can recognize your family. Say it for the people in the back. Yeah, nothing missing, nothing broken. You know, it's perfect. It's everything opposite of hell. God is perfect, so heaven is perfect, right? Mm -hmm. You know, some people confuse stories in the Bible and things like that. They gotta understand heaven after the rapture, heaven after the rapture is a totally different thing. You know, okay. Some people, some people don't understand that they they read stories in the Bible and hear about families and stuff. That's cool. That's that's history right there. But when you get to heaven after the rapture, it's a totally different thing. And then this world shall be cast into a lake of fire, and then heaven we brought to earth. See, people pray that prayer. You know, our Father which art in heaven, how be our name? And you know, on earth as it is in heaven, they don't understand that after the rapture, after this world goes to a lake of fire, heaven will be brought down. And this will be the habitat for heaven in this kingdom. But that's a whole nother, that's a whole other conversation. But uh, yeah. <laughs> when it comes to uh, when it comes to heaven, you know, if you could remember, your, let's let, let's say I'm not going to pick one family and other because you know you got people in as well. Sometimes sensitive, so we'll say if you got one parent that's in heaven and the other one didn't make it, if you could recognize that parent, don't you think you're going to remember the other one's not there? So if nothing's mm -hmm. missing, nothing's broken. Why would God have missing and broken families that aren't complete? Mm -hmm. All right, all this makes even logical sense if you don't want to hit it from a spiritual level. So understand when you get to heaven, you don't remember anything, but you don't care to because you in the presence of God, man. There's nothing right. better than that. There's nothing right. better than that. One day in heaven is a thousand years here. People don't even realize that. One day in heaven is a thousand years here. So if one day in heaven is a thousand years. Gonna worry about an average of 70 years on here. You think he's gonna worry about seven minutes versus eternity? No. This is a very brief thing that we live called life. Right? So being in heaven, you don't remember anything, but all you want to do is sit there and obey him. You don't want to move a muscle, you don't want to move an inch, you don't want to say nothing, you don't even want to shift your eyes a certain way until he says do something. That's all you're waiting on. And people don't understand that if it's like that in heaven. Why not? Why are you waiting? Why not be that here? Mm. Why not be obedient mm. here? A lot of a lot of people here are watching. They're sitting on a chair. They're laying on their bed. They're driving in their car. Whatever y'all doing, whatever you sitting on right now or laying on or standing on, right? Put it like this. Do you have more faith sitting or standing on? Because when you sat down or you Wait. in the car, Repeat that. <laughs> <laughs> do you have more faith? I'll repeat it. If you do, you have more faith in what you're laying or standing or sitting on right now, as you're watching this, than you do in God. Because when you sat in that chair, or you laid on that bed, or you sat in that car, or you standing on this ground, everything you want is man-made, right? So, are you telling me you got more faith in that than God? Because did you ever second guess? Yo, my bed might fold in. This chair might give out. I might fall through this ground. I might crash this car. You ain't think about none of that when you sat down or lay right. down, or whatever you're doing. I know right? I didn't. But when God say do something, we want to be like, I don't know, man. Or like you want something, and we like, yo, I need this now. And God's like, yo, you got to mm. wait. And we like, nah, I ain't trying to wait, man. I want mine now. Right. So we put more respect on something man-made that costs $40 than we do on God. That makes no sense. I'm not talking down on nobody because I've done it. Until this experience, it woke me up. But understand that your ultimate faith and obedience should be in God more than anything else. Tell me why everybody late for church, but ain't nobody late for their job. 
I'll tell me fifteen thousand. I'll mean more to you than God. That makes me- that is the truth. Hey, hey, I'm going to stop right here and I'm going to continue this on a part two, which is the next episode. So go ahead and click on the next episode to continue this conversation.